the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The uh, the women are here. They're ready to get at it. They're not. They're not happy, and I don't blame them. Uh, big story today about uh, uh, Garrick. What's his name? Garrick Garland. Merrick. Merrick. Garland. Yeah, Merrick. Uh, aren't you glad that he's not a Supreme Court justice? Oh my! After word, I read Jeff. this to you, you understand why. He released a letter. And the subject, partnership among federal, state, local, tribal, and territorial law enforcement to, ind- to address threats against school administrators, board members, teachers, and staff. He's upset because parents are showing up at school board meetings. How dare oh, you no. express your opinion? <laughs> yeah, and, and showing oh, no. you know, their opinion to the school board. They're, they're not happy with what they're doing. I'll just read a little bit of it. It says, in recent months, there has been a disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence (laughs) against school administrators, board members, teachers, and staff who participate in the vital work of running our nation's public schools. While spirited debate about policy matters is protected under our Constitution, that protection does not extend to threats of violence or efforts to intimidate individuals based on their views. Threats against public servants are not only illegal, (laughs) they run counter to our nation's core values. Those who dedicate their time and energy to ensuring that our children receive a proper education in a safe environment deserve to be able to do their work without fear for their safety. Now, interesting that he's releasing this letter just as a senator of the United States Senate, uh, cinema from Arizona, is being followed into the women's restroom and threatened in the women's restroom by the left, uh, was uh, also threatened uh, at dinner at one restaurant, and it, it just and then got uh, intimidated again on a uh, uh, an airplane. Yes, by. Uh, illegal aliens wow of all that's, things. that's okay though because she's a democrat well i don't know if that's okay or not i just know <laughs> that they're not saying that it's not okay but they're saying that heather if you go out and speak <laughs> against the school boards and show up at school board meetings How dare you you know you are tantamount to a terrorist you know what come at me I don't even care. <laughs> yeah, when it comes to our kids, we're not going to be told that we I can't come care. and speak up for them. I don't care. Not Do your happen. job. Quit you know, having assumed rights. That's the problem with a lot of these school boards is that they have assumed rights. They don't understand what rights they actually have. 
So, um, yeah. No, I don't I don't feel sorry for them at all. Well, and contrast that with how they're treating mansion cinema. And, oh, by the way, remember all those riots? Yeah. Two straight summers? Right. Those people? That's all okay. That's not domestic terrorism, right. I don't When guess. we show right. up at a school board and decide to speak up for our children, right. we're yeah. somehow domestic terrorists. Right. Yeah. Well, they, get, sent, get they, they, sent a guy, they sent a guy to prison yesterday over January 6th. Yes. All right. Uh, he had served 45 days, and I forget now what he's got to serve. It's, it's not a long period because they it was said 45 charge, was all right. right. Yeah. Now, the government's having to back during, off of that. During too. the trial... It, he was compared, or com, they compared Black Lives Matters uh, things that they did yes. during the summer, and the judge shut them down. Yes. I don't know who put, put her on the uh, um, in in, the, in her judgeship. Uh, I don't know. I believe it was a Trump appointed judge. But, okay, very but uh, just went went off on them. Said yes. that the Black Lives Matter were uh, demonstrating against uh, the death of Floyd and that this guy was trying to overthrow the federal government with what weapon he well he was in <laughs> he was in the he was in the capitol for 12 minutes a public yeah. building that right. was a public not building with zero weapons i mean come on give me a break yeah and i just i don't know uh, the, the president former president trump has said some things about the left that i'm not thrilled about Talking about how how great they are with what they're doing, and um, you know he kind of put the people who are thinking about perhaps running for the Republican nomination on notice that he'll destroy them if they run against him in the election. In yeah, twenty twenty four in the primaries. Hey. Fight fire yeah. with Trump? fire. What's yeah. wrong with that? That's what they do to us. It's not good enough yeah. to just defeat you in an election. We have to take you out. We have to take your job. We have to ruin you with your community. But that sounds church. like what Trump's trying to do. Well, it depends yeah. on who he I, thinks. I, I mean, we're talking about he's, he, that's, uh, it's, that's it's, DeSantis and a lot of good people that yeah. he's throwing in there. Right. Okay. Well, DeSantis is, yeah, he's a good one. But if there's some of these people that he thinks are rhinos trying to run against him, maybe that's what he's saying. But I don't know who it is. Uh, okay. But. I love Trump. Don't get me wrong. But he is the first one to endorse the wrong people all the time. I just, I don't think <laughs> he understands. True. I don't think Unders- he understands what, a, I don't know, what a rhino is. I don't, I don't know. It just, <laughs> I and I also think he's, I also think he's a, he yeah. would be a lame duck if he ran in 2024. I really do. I, 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 I do not Trump. think that he would be a lame duck. I'm not saying that I'm just, you know, in love with the idea of him becoming president again or anything. I, I love Trump, but I don't think he would be a lame duck. I think there's so many people that are still waiting for him to come back now. And in 2022, they want him to just show back up out of nowhere and, and take him back that's over. That's not going to happen. We are looking no, for him to show not. the leadership yeah. that he exhibited that no one else seems to be able to yeah. do. Yeah. At and the I hope level he can that it's being done. That we have other people that can do just what right. he's doing, like DeSantis, DeSantis or somebody else right. that can... There's, I mean, there's other people out there that I think would be a better suit, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. My my whole thing is, I don't have any problems if he wins the primary again and yeah. is the candidate and he becomes president again. I don't have any problem uh, with that at all. I just don't want him to take on... For his benefit, what I'm seeing the left do. 
I just right. don't want to see I, that. I that yes. That's yeah. the kind of ugliness I don't want in the party right now. I right. don't want that to happen. I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's already bad enough we've got never-Trumpers out there. Mm-hmm. And I won't I even consider the man. People get kind of petty sometimes, and that makes him look immature. And yeah. They're like, we don't like that. We want somebody that's presidential. But I kind of like him for his pettiness. I love Trump. I mean, <laughs> I was don't get say, me wrong. He's I love not Trump. perfect because he's a human being. Right. And, you know, mm-hmm. I've had this conversation many times recently about 80-20 when it comes to politicians. Mm-hmm. You don't even agree with your spouse 100% of right. the time or your mother or anybody well, else. I'm an 80-20 dime. So yeah, you know that. Thing, but, it, the, but the catch, but the catch, it's a tricky one. The catch is... What's in that 20%? It could be the deal killer Correct. for you. It can be. You know, yeah. for some people, it's the mean tweets. I don't have a problem with mean tweets. I, don't I, I love it. I actually don't have a problem it's with funny. him being aggressive. I don't really like what you're saying, Dave. I hadn't heard that yet. Uh-huh. At the same time, though, I'm to the point where, you know, the left doesn't care about the rules or morality or any other thing. Mm-hmm. And as far as morality goes, we have to stay there. But any other tactic is fair game at this point because we are in a war we are in a war it's not normal politics it's not normal politics but the one thing with the democrats is they may disagree but you'll never know it they stick together they stick together and we not so much anymore well Well, not in the last few days falling apart for them well Well, that's part of it but typically you're right but we eat our own (laughs) you know it's just like we really need to come together and you know try to I mean, a rhino's a rhino, but, you know, some of these people we get on to, just like with our local um, elected officials. And that's where it starts, you, the local. Local elected officials, you know, we're so quick to just jump on them and not really hear their side of the story of what they're doing. And, you know, you got to have a dialogue. you got to be able to have an open dialogue and talk with them. And, you know, they're humans. So, you know, you can reason with them. Most of them you can reason with. But then there's some of them. I'm not going to name them, but. You know, they're kind of sanctimonious and they're not going to listen to anything <laughs> but, that you're going to say. So and that's, that's the key is, and you've heard me say it before, you may have a disagreement with somebody, lawmaker, but you got to go talk to them first. Exactly. Before you land on them in public, before you say it, because you could end up looking like you got egg all over your face because <laughs> right. you don't know what you're talking about for right. one thing. However, we need to try to find out where that middle ground is right. or if there is any and the way right. you do that is to talk respect exactly. give them respect first then have this conversation yes yeah. if you Every, can't yelling at them they're gonna yeah. right. respect is out the window it's sure. break time okay <laughs> time to get the first break in we'll come back we got a lot to talk about eddie joe williams former uh, state senator mayor of cabot worker in the trump administration will be joining us at six thirty-five. he wants to talk to us about the lieutenant uh, governorship, well, there's a lot of people running for that position. And uh, speaking of the devil, he just walked into the to the studio on the other side. He'll be with us at 635 here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about East End Towing. You need somebody to take good care of your car if it breaks down or you lock your keys in your car or, I don't know, get a flat tire and you need something taken care of. Well, no matter the situation, East End Towing can handle it for you. they got all the answers. Uh, they belong with the Arkansas Towing Recovery Board. They're licensed, they're insured, and all of their trucks are permitted, and they meet all the minimum standards here in the state. Here's the key. You go out, you, you, something happens, and the state police says has to show up. It's out on I-40, and uh, you need a tow. Well, 
what they do is they just call back to dispatcher and say, dispatch a tow truck. You don't know who's coming to you. It could be anybody. I mean, if they're on the list, they get called. What you want to do is make sure that you're having a tow truck show up, that you know how they handle things, and you know that they know what they're doing. The last thing you want to end up in is an impound lot. Keep that in mind. So call East End Towing. The phone number is 888-8849-888-8849. That's East End Towing. All right, so they haven't over at the uh, the state capitol yet even got around to redistricting for the most part. I mean, they haven't voted on any maps, no nothing yet. 18 maps on Friday afternoon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. It's going to be this, this, this meeting that they're having uh, in Little Rock is going to go on for a little while, yeah. I think. I mean, they're not even done with the bills that are sitting out there right now. There's a lot of bills uh, that have to be considered. I know Kim Hammer has one that he's dealing with and there's there's just a lot of stuff that's going on right now i know that the ladies on our power panel here have been over at the uh, capitol sitting up in uh, uh, the peanut gallery as i like to call it and uh, looking down looking well no i'm I'm, that's not uh you know a a shot at them it's what they used to call it back in elizabethan days it was called the peanut gallery and it was because they used to throw peanuts at the actors all right (laughs) and that's that's what what they used to do the other day yeah i mean and and sometimes that's what you're kind of you know made to do to get people's attention yes that's what we have heather for sorry Sorry, tim griffin if you're watching this (laughs) yeah i didn't understand why you why you shot at him because he he was on our side it's called frustration it's called frustration and me not knowing what's going on really Um, you know so well there was you know i think eddie joe eddie joe is sitting here in the studio he would agree with me this is some of the most interesting times (laughs) in in legislative history yeah i'll tell you it's mass confusion and i think that's the plan out of washington as long as they can divide us and have us to fight each other we get nothing done right right so I'm looking for the day that Biden is no longer there in his administration and we get back Amen. to some sanity. Well, oh it can start in 22. Yes. By taking the House and the Senate back. Right. Yes, please. Then it don't matter please, please. what Biden wants to do. He can, right. he can, you know, determine what kind of oatmeal he wants each morning. <laughs> All right. But that also saying. means that Republicans can't give up and say, my vote doesn't count. I'll sit at home not and I won't now. vote. You no, cannot no, no. do that. Mm-mm. We've no. got to get our people to be, stop being so apathetic. Yep. Every vote counts. And every person that needs to be elected needs to be bold and courageous. Yes. Constitutional yes. leaders. We have to pay attention. Like I was saying earlier, um, that it starts at the local level. We have to start and pick the right people that these people make sure that you are actually paying attention to who you're getting ready to vote for and who we've got going out there. We have a lot of great people that we need to get into the right positions. Yeah. Well, see all the voting now matters nationally and, oh, and locally. Mm-hmm. I'm my, one of my teaching points, so to speak on my show for the 21 years I've been on here in uh, central Arkansas is the best, uh, you know, rulers that you can deal with are your local rulers because you got they're they're closer to you. You can get in and talk to. I mean, you want to talk to one of your your state uh, congressmen uh, up in Washington D.C. 
you'll probably find it's difficult. Almost impossible. Yeah, you'll get one of their staff is what right. you'll when get. When you call now, they, you're getting voicemail even. They're so inundated, you're not even getting a human staff. can't staffer. even get through, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that makes it difficult for you. But I can tell you this. If you want to talk to a, uh, a state representative, a state senator, you can get to them. Right. You can talk to them. Yeah. And, and you can let do. and be nice. About, yeah. but by nice, I mean be cordial. Right. You be know, respectful. Don't don't back away from what you believe. Right. But be cordial in when you deal with them because I'll tell you what, it's better that you call them, you know, um, you know, senator or whatever than a horse's ass. You call them a horse's <laughs> ass and you're probably not going to get very right. much right. love back. Right. It's funny. It's Is funny. that right, Eddie? That's exactly right. It's funny <laughs> you say that because Sunday morning I conducted more business at church when I was a state senator. I would jokingly tell them, hey, take a number, get in line, I'll get to every one of you. Yeah. But, uh, yes, you're right. You go to a ball game, you go to the store, wherever you go as a local legislator, you need to take the time. There's some that avoid you. There are local legislators, and I've got friends that will not return their call. I had a reputation, no matter who it was, I'd deal with it. And, well, you were uh, like Tim. You know, you'd yes. give people your cell phone number. Yes. Everyone's got it. Yes. Someone asked me the other day, can I have your cell phone? I said, I think you're the only person in the state that's of Arkansas yeah. that don't have it. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's the way Jane, it should be. That's the way it should be. That's how Jane Morgan is. She, everybody has her number. She's yeah. very open in, in uh, where she Tim Griffin was. A, Tim Griffin led that model for me because everywhere he say, spoke. That has always served him well. Yeah, he, he's. I mean, every time he spoke, he always concluded by saying, "Here's my phone number." Yeah. yeah I, when I first got here, and then at that time he was counting votes down in Florida, counting right. chads is what he was doing. And uh, I had him on my show, and then I said, "Is there any way I can get a hold of you if I ever need you?" And he says, "Yeah, here's my cell phone." Yeah. This is fundamental to representative government. I agree with you. You're there yeah. to represent we the people. Well, he wasn't even elected at call? that time. Well, but he know, he understands that model. <laughs> See, that's him. part of why he has been right. successful in our state. But this is what, you know, we the people want is responsiveness. And if you're not going to respond, that's all I need to know. Yeah. Right there, I'm done. A l- little bit of trivia about Tim. You don't, you remember the Swift, Swift Boat episode? Oh, yeah. He's the one that discovered that in the basement of the U.S. Capitol doing research. So he single-handedly defeated John Kerry as president, I think. Well, between that and him throwing his medals over the fence at the Winter Soldier meeting, that that came out, and he tried to deny it. Right. And they actually had pictures Mm -hmm. of him doing it. And, see, I remember all about the Vietnam moratorium and all that. I was alive. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like I, I like to say to millennials it's by yeah. they go yeah. by i say yeah before you because you. You know, they only think what's happening now it, that it's never happened before it's always fun to talk with them about we're not technically millennials are we now, you know you guys aren't that way are. you guys no. actually read Gen a little Z? bit of history no. No. We're, we're millennials i think anybody born we're the elder millennials when you, <laughs> you know when you see when you when you see kids in school that have no idea why you place your hand over your heart to say the pledge of allegiance oh, we're losing america oh, one absolutely. day at a time absolutely. every time a child is born if they're not reminded how precious it is to live in this country, sir. That's what Reagan told us. It takes only one generation. One generation. What he told us. Every generation has to fight for freedom, and I don't think, I I wonder that many people today don't understand Mm -hmm. that's where we are now. 
You are here now. We are to fight now for freedom. By the way, I get people who say, well, Dave, you always talk about President Reagan. You know, where, you know, why isn't President Reagan in your studio? Oh, he is. He's behind the big American flag on the wall. I've got to put a, I need to put a one by one on his, on the back of him so he'll stand up better. Uh, because these these cardboard cutouts. He needs a cutouts. little more backbone. Yeah, he, well, he don't need more backbone. I need to help him out. That's all as far as I that had goes. the privilege, Dave, of going up to the Reagan Ranch and touring it, and it was it was surreal. And it, very small, little quaint cabin up on the mountain, but it was very surreal to go where a man who absolutely is a legend in our eyes in the world uh, spent his last years up there, chopping wood, That's baby. Cool. He still how, had the wood. Still had the wood. He actually he cut gets, piled up wow. there. Yeah, that's how he stayed in shape. Yep. By chopping wood. And believe me, if you've ever chopped wood, you know that will keep you in shape yeah. doing that. You'll break a sweat easy. But, yeah, we miss President Reagan. Uh, I miss him a lot. And uh, Eddie Joe knows this. I'm I'm like just like uh, Elizabeth. I've been teaching her for years about 80-20 and uh that is an important thing uh we'll get we'll get back here in a minute after we've uh found out what's happening in the news and eddie joe's going to join us he wants to run for lieutenant governor we'll find out why all right back with you here on the dave ellswick show don't forget about pi roofing joel johnson one of the best people i know in this business and uh, has built from a very small business to a very large business now he's been uh, uh, advertiser with the Dave Ellswick show since back in 2003, I believe, is when he started with me. And uh, he does it for two reasons. He gets business out of it. That's the number one reason. That's why everybody should be advertised to me that has a business. But the second reason is because he agrees with the uh, ideological views that I carry about conservatism here in the state of Arkansas. And uh, people like myself and Eddie Joe and others who have fought for years now uh, has brought the Republican Party to where it is now. We now we've got the infighting going on of how do we uh, make sure that the conservatives get the upper hand of leading on the uh the, the, the way we want to see the state go. I mean, if you listen to the show yesterday, and I had Aker on from UCA, and we were talking about getting rid of the uh, the sales tax and, in Arkansas, and then I just saw this morning, I got up, I had a uh, a, a text that said that, um, who is this, Talking Business or whatever, Roby's, yeah, Roby's got, and said two, uh, one out of every two Arkansan want the yeah two to one they want they want to, to see the uh the state income tax done away with it can be done yeah even yeah they just said even if they raise some other stuff so we'll we'll have to we'll talk about that here in a moment i'm sure with with eddie joe i can't i can't pass talking about that kind I love of stuff it. but uh, know that pi roofing is your best roofing company in the area as far as i've concerned it's I've had my home for 18 years in Cabot. It's a long time, Eddie. 18 years. And uh, the only person who's ever walked my roof and fixed it is PI Roofing because they do the job and they do it right. Get a hold of them online. Just go to piroofing.com. You'll be happy that you did. All right. Eddie Joe Williams is here. Uh, I don't know 
whether I should call him mayor, if I should call him senator, or if I should call him you Mr. Know, Secretary, Trump worker, or <laughs> Trump Mr. appointee, yeah, Mr. Uh, Secretary of State, or or what? He's running for Secretary of State. I said, Lieutenant Governor, that's wrong. Well, there's I so know. many running. You so, just kind of well, get them confused. A lot of people just had heart attacks. <laughs> you know, and I said that you might be running for that position. But anyway, bottom line, he's running for Secretary of State. He'll be the, the second challenger uh, to Thurston now uh, in this race. So we'll, uh, we'll see how he differs. We've had Mark Lowry on before. He's talked about how he differs. And, uh, and some of the things that he's not happy that have happened in the Secretary of State's uh, office. One thing that we talked about during the break, Elizabeth and I were talking, and uh, and Megan was talking, and and Heather wasn't because she couldn't get a word in it edgewise. <laughs> but uh, the, the problem that they were talking about is that we've got such a heavy bench of great candidates out there. Then we're going to lose some people. I know. Yeah. After the primary, we can't afford to lose anybody. Though we've got to find good spots for everybody. Yeah. You know, the, the bottom line is all those. Not everybody can win. I know. You know, but I mean, why does everybody have to run for the same thing at the same? But time? they're not. I, I well, mean, as we've been going along, it's just more and more people coming into all. I didn't expect two people to challenge uh, Thurston. To be honest with you, yeah. And I think with all you got, okay. you got to have the fire in your belly for the for the. Um, you got to show up to work every day that you want to give it 100 percent. Right. Well, let's tell everybody what you've done the last few years, because you worked directly with the president. You were working on energy. And uh, one of the things you were doing that I know trying to get done, but finding it very hard to do was to help rebuild Puerto Rico after the hurricanes went through there. I spent a year down there and uh, they are so embedded with corruption uh, it's almost impossible to change, and we're seeing it now. Their they're major blackouts are still going on. You thought you were in Afghanistan. You would think we were. You would think it's a third-world country. You wouldn't think it's a territory of the United States. And there's a, a real push down there to become um, a state. And uh, yeah, it'll be a rude, we want them it'll, to be it, a state? No. It'll be a rude <laughs> awakening the day that uh, the FBI shows up down there for the amount of corruption that goes on. So wow. it is sad. Um I can see where they'd want to become a, a state, to be honest with you, with all the benefits that go along with it. But I think they're a long ways from that. So I did spend about a year of the three and a half years I was with the Trump administration. We worked hard with the southern 16 states. That was my responsibility to help good to help set uh, good energy policy. Um, I worked with the governors and the legislators of all 16 states, plus the two territories of Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico. Uh, I think we did a great job, and it's obvious if you go today to fill up your uh, tank and uh, you pay 25 more dollars. Now, there's probably not one of us in this room that that's going to stop us from driving. But there are a lot of single moms out there with two kids. That's me. That $25 means a, mm, it's a big deal. Behind. Yes, I, I try not to drive that much because it's, it's rough. Yeah. It is. Well, you wait. You wait till fixed we. Fixed income. People on fixed income. Right. What about those folks? Yep. Yeah, yeah, what about me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think Trump, uh, you know, did a great job with uh, with the energy related. We become energy independent. Um, I brought. Why ex- was Eddie? Why was that bad? 
<laughs> to be energy independent? Yeah, some people think well, that that was a bad thing to do. What we need to be doing is selling all of if you're going to, all if, of our oil if you're and gas to cow, the Russians and stuff. If you're going to cow cow down to the to the renewable people, to the green, uh, you know, energy, uh, then you have to do that. You know, you can't you can't have solar unless you figure out a way to drive the price of gas up, energy up. And once it gets so expensive, that seems to be a good alternative. The sad part is, you know. With you, single mom, trying to make ends meet, or Dave, uh, the senior citizen yeah. uh, that's on a fixed income. Isn't that weird to say that about <laughs> yes. me now? <laughs> yeah, we've been together 20-something years. Um, you know, those are the people that affects the most, and uh, I don't think the federal government really cares. Nope. So uh, it's, it's, it, was a, it was a labor of uh, love for me, traveled all over the United States, all over the world with the Trump administration. Uh, I feel like I'm a guy that's um, in in ways like Mr. Trump. I do what I say I'm going to do. I'm accessible to people, and uh, I choose my battles wisely. But when I fight them, I fight them hard. And uh, we've won from days as mayor of Cabot uh, to a state senator, you know, the gun rights, and a whole laundry list of things that we addressed. You know, Um, you may be, other than Kim Hammer, the most appearing politician on my show mm-hmm. because you years. used to be on when you were the mayor yep. you've been on when you were a senator you you know i've even had you on when we talked about energy and right. the things that you were doing so yeah it's just it, this is really it's really interesting that i've been around for so long and i know a lot of people i mean i've been doing this for 50 years but you know doing what we're doing here in arkansas it's now 21 years some of the most memorable memories of dave and i was having ice cream at tasty freeze on the radio that's right that's <laughs> in right. cabin and, and now they're closed. Out of they're now. out of clothes they're, they're closed really now yeah hurts my heart they went down when uh, dairy queen came in yep he told me he says yeah that was the that was a nail in the coffin dave and i said yeah i think I they've opened I, up the austin store yeah it's now. still it's open. make great hamburgers i'm told i haven't had one but well, you got to have one of those bison burgers yeah. <laughs> those bison burgers are to die for they really mm-hmm. are all right so why the secretary of state well there i can never say anything about me running without saying a gentleman uh john thurston is i mean that sincerely i would never ever criticize he's him wonderful. as a person he is a wonderful guy he, yeah. he's a nice guy uh, but he's limited on his, um, I'm going to call senior executive experience. That job is less political. I'm being honest. It's less political. It's about running the day-to-day operation. It's about making sure that when we go to vote, that our vote counts, that it's accurate and it's and it's flawless. You only get one shot at it. You walk up there and you're gone in five minutes. You need to make sure it counts and there shouldn't be a question about that. Um, so... That's the that's the primary purpose of the Secretary of State. Uh, here's my commitment. Uh, you can debate with John how his position on it is, but I show up to work every day. I've got a reputation. You can ask my wife or my kids. I'm the guy that drives down here this morning at five o'clock. Yep. You know, to be on the shoulder and had the option of actually getting on from the on the on the phone. Yep. And my no, day, I want to come in. Yeah, my day will be twelve hours today. So, and I'm sixty-seven years old. Ran a major. I spent. Uh, I'm older than you. For well, if you're sixty seven, sixty eight. Well, yeah, you're older. Than me. <laughs> you're the old one in the room, Dave. <laughs> it's my hair, Dave. It's my hair. What hair? <laughs> oh, yeah, I, know. I don't have any hair. So uh, that's you know having the experience. Um, they're complex issues. 
voting is not simple. It should be made simple, but it's not. There's a very, there's a lot of underlying issues that need to be resolved. Uh, I think we need to have go teams available. When someone complains about something happening in election, lo and behold, it's five days later before we ever get to the issue. That's not right. We need to have a go team. You know, I told someone, let's split the state in quarters, assign an, a senior member of my staff to lead a team in each one of those areas. So when there's an issue, you get in a car and you drive there. You don't sit on the phone, say, give me a call. Let's talk about it. And the next thing, the election's over with, it's certified, and we didn't resolve the right. issue. Right. So uh, I'm, I'm excited about the opportunity. Um, again, ran a railroad for almost 40 years. Uh, it's hard to believe you can do that and still come into politics and be in here. But I worked <laughs> the railroad and served uh, yeah. in the political arena, too. So... I'm excited about the opportunity. Uh, I think the most uh, sacred, hallowed ground in the state of Arkansas is that capital up there. And you won't have a, it won't be a question if we have another Black Lives Matter where I stand. I'll be standing shoulder to shoulder with the men who protect it. We won't stand down. We'll stand shoulder to shoulder. Uh, I read a letter the other day that the police chief had written, and he said that uh, he had made a request uh, through the secretary's office, and they basically come back an hour later and said, no, we're not going to do it. And he said it got so bad, he said he called the governor personally, and within just a few minutes, the state police rolled up. You know, we need to be prepared before that happens. We need to have people who are qualified, you know, who want to protect that capital. So I'm looking forward to serving. Uh, we're working – I'm working 12 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm, I'm not as engaged to what's going on down at the Capitol now for the simple reason – I've got to get out. I got to meet the people. I got to find out what's going on. Well, you know, they're at the Capitol. Yeah, I'm, they're I'm headed. I'm right headed. Well, that's yeah. true. I'm yeah. headed they're to the Capitol this morning after I've I leave. I've never yeah. seen anything like this. Well, I mean, I'm I'm getting involved in it myself, but right. the amount of grassroots people that are getting involved in politics is insane. I mean, everybody's engaged. You know, people I, that you would never think are just very excited. I'm glad that this somebody somebody made a comment on my Facebook page and they said we don't even need to watch TV anymore. We're just sitting here watching the Senate Chamber yesterday. Right. <laughs> this is the best exactly. show on and then TV. When Facebook went down, I was, I, was, I, was like, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? So let me. I want to give a little bit of thought on that. I'm I'm convinced that Washington loves the discord and the and the heavy debate. I love debate. I was the first majority leader, Republican majority leader to serve since Reconstruction. I understand debate, but they like confusion, and they have created this from a national level. Absolutely. And now we're engaging. It's just like Dave said a while ago. We've got to draw the lines. It's constitutional. We've got to find out where we're going to, who, you know, who's going to be representing us. Mm-hmm. That's been pushed to the back burner. That's exactly what Washington wants, and I promise you, people are laughing about it. And uh, hopefully, you know. Um, we passed three bills yesterday, and they're going to the House today. But the emergency didn't. Emergency pass. clause did not. It takes 24, so that needs about another January. Now, that doesn't mean they're even going to be implemented. Right. It goes over to the, If it goes to the House today and the Speaker's already made the determination that it's not relevant to the call. Yeah. yeah. So if he doesn't get, I guess it's 51, I'm not sure the rule of it. If he gets 51, then they'll, they'll be debated. It'll go to committee and be debated. So... Uh, Dave, I see you're getting a little antsy over there. I well, don't know if you've I got gotta, something I gotta coming take, up. we got to take a break, but that, <laughs> that's all right. That's, look, I would love to be able to do this show and not ever have to take a break. I, I really would, but we've got to pay for you know the, the electricity and everything. So we're going to take a break, come back, and finish up with Eddie Joe Williams. He is running for Secretary of State. Uh, i got a question for him when we come back. You got any questions, Elizabeth? 
No. I bet you. I have, I have something I want to say, though, really quick. And I go to Quickly, go ahead. But um, I'm very impressed with you, and I'm so glad that I got to meet you today. And Good. you've got my vote after talking <laughs> to you today. All right. All right. We'll be back. We'll be talking more when we return here on the David uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about David Lucas. Uh, he's got things going on that you need to know about. Uh, let me just ask some questions. Are you, are you concerned about out-of-control government spending? You should be. Uh, are you worried about soaring inflation mm-hmm. you should be how about political unrest you just heard eddie joe talking yeah absolutely and about how about the rapid decline of the u.s dollar it's why Amer- millions of americans go out and invest in silver and gold to protect their nest eggs like their 401k and their other uh, assets um, their iras their hard-earned savings well you don't want to let 1970s style inflation destroy your retirement. So uh, talk with the folks at David Lucas Financial about how being invested in silver and gold can help you keep that from happening. Call 501-222-3315. They work with one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country so you can get direct prices from a dealer that you can trust. That number again to help you learn more about buying silver and gold. 501-222-3315. 501-222-3315. 501-222-3315. 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services offered through David Lucas Financial, an Arkansas registered investment advisor. All right, we are almost through this hour. The Bible guys are coming up in the next hour. We've got about six minutes left. Uh, Eddie Joe is here with us. Eddie Joe Williams, he is running for uh, Secretary of State. And we're talking to him a little bit about that. An important question, I think, that needs to be asked, Eddie, is uh, Pulaski County, which has got a history of known not following the rules real close and playing loose and fancy free with, with votes, right. uh, got caught with their fingers in the, in the cookie jar this last election. It was enough that state senators got involved in finding out exactly what was going on. But only one person has really gotten their hands slapped, and only slapped. I think more could have been, could have been done. Uh, do you think that we need to get serious about, you know, cooling people's heels in jail and stuff when it comes to voting and, and breaking those laws? The very foundation this country is built on is our ability to vote and see that it counts. If you can't do that, we don't have a country. And I'll give you a good example. The, the Jim Cervello, we were just talking yeah. about that off the air. Anytime you take a, an election and you're won, of, won or lost by less than 50 votes, it doesn't take mass fraud. What it does, it alienates the 5,000 or the 10,000 that voted for Cervello because 10 or 15 voted illegally. Exactly. So that's why it's so important that we make sure that the elections are run error-free. Do I think that there was mass fraud? Probably not. But it doesn't take mass fraud when you lose by 20 or 30 votes. It just, you know, we just need to make sure that we're on top of it. You know, I've told all the clerks, and I honestly, it would be very difficult, in my opinion, to have mass fraud. What it takes is, is people out in the field, mail-in ballots, harvesting ballots, going to nursing homes, things like that. We've got to get our hands around that. People who vote because someone tells them to vote that away. Right. So um, Pisky County uh, is a hot spot as we speak. Yes. And uh, I promise you the focus will be on it. And uh, we'll do our very best to make sure every vote counts. That when you 
you know, the problem is it's not that that he won or lost. It's all those that's disenfranchised. Right. Five thousand people right. voted yes. whatever it was voted for Savillo. Yes. Their vote is now disenfranchised exactly. because of a small amount of fraud right. that took place in this right. state of Arkansas. Be honest with you, it's such Trump country. Right. It, it would you could not create enough fraud not to vote President Trump in in the state of Arkansas. Right. Go to California, it doesn't matter. But these states where it's close, fraud, voter fraud matters right. a lot. And in the last election, it was really, really close in a lot of states. I mean, Pennsylvania wasn't that big of a of a win for Biden. So how? And I don't mean to interrupt. So how do you get results in Texas within hours? How do you get results in? Florida within hours, and some of these states takes weeks. Right, something's wrong with that process. Look at, yeah. look at who's running those states. Yep. Yeah. Something is wrong with that process, and that's where. And, and the thing is, I don't know if that debate's taking place up there like it is here in the state no, of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what's taking place in Philadelphia. How do we get not caught next time? Because yep. they got caught this time a couple of times. But on the good news front, there are six states in our country that are currently undergoing door-to-door canvassing. Not because of the legislatures or anything, but because the grassroots activists are trying to make sure that it gets done. Well, we need yes. to get those people on and talk to them and, and yes. discuss it. <laughs> one one last question for you, Eddie Joe. Do you think that, that the, the president, secretary of state was hard enough on the people that they found were twisting the facts? Well... I probably should have a better answer for you, Dave, to understand exactly what happened. I know that they backed off from the original um, uh, discipline they were going to give them. I'm not sure what it was. They backed off. We've got to send messages. It's got to be clear. It's got to be decisive. It's got to be severe. Um, and and if, if, if you violate the election laws, that's almost treason. It is it's treason. What this country, it's what this country is built on. That's right. the very reason. Uh, that I'm running for Secretary of State. People so, lose confidence. So, yeah, the other great. thing is, if, if if we've got laws that need to be changed, I'm probably in a position more than most to be able to get it through the both House and the Senate and uh, implement good uh, conservative, accurate voting laws and ones that has uh, obviously has discipline associated with it. Eddie, Joe, thanks for coming by. It's always a pleasure to have you here. It's always a fun time to sit down and talk with you. And uh, to Heather and to... Uh, of course, Megan and to Elizabeth, thank all three of you for coming in today on the hey, Dave Elzer Show. The reason I come wasn't for you, it was for these three beautiful ladies here. <laughs> and gotcha. the one running your soundboard back here in the back. So it wasn't job. you. Heidi has a thankless job, but I thank her all the time because she does a good job of keeping things going the way they're supposed to. All right, a break. Bible Guys are next here on the Dave Ellswick Show.
you tell us who, who we're listening to there? Okay, she's... Tell me, wait a second, she's doing something. Hold on, I, I gotta... Because she kind of reminds me of the Go-Go's. That's Nicole Nordman. <laughs> okay. Sounds like the Go-Go's, I swear. It's got that feel to it. Kind of a bouncy kind of, bouncy. Kind of feel. Hey, speaking about bouncy, I got the three most bounciest guys that you can get on to talk about the, the Bible. And uh, Steve Hess is here. He's not being asked to work early right now over at the Air Force Base. We're glad for that so that he can be here in the studio. Uh, and then, uh, of course, uh, Pastor Scott is here from Agape. And Billy is here walking around and hey. looking good. Looking looking good. By the way, let me ask uh, if you would today during your quiet time, uh, keep my son-in-law in your prayers. He went on uh, TDY today. He'll be gone until April. Uh, he's over in Germany right now. Uh, he'll. What time is it? He'll be getting there. All right. So just know that. And uh, I know other things about it that I can't talk about on on the air. But I I can tell you that uh, you know it, there are perilous times going on in the world right now. Oh yeah. Just just really are. And I love those. Those KC-135 guys, all right? I like what what they're doing. And uh, I love the 130s, too. But the the 135 now, maybe you can help me on this one, uh, Steve. They're replacing it now. Is that right? Yeah, finally. Yeah, I know. It's been, how long been, has it been around? Since the, Korea? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's been uh, sometime in the 50s. Now, wow. If you're wondering what I'm talking about, that's the refueling plane. And you may have seen the pictures when the plane's flying and the jets are behind it, and it looks like it's got a couple pipes sticking out of the back. Yeah. You don't realize how tough that job is until, and I've ridden in the, the 135s. That is a scary job, yeah. man. They yeah. um, When they refuel that one, they have to lay down the way they do that yeah, one. Yeah, the versus, tail. Yeah. The way the new ones are, they at least get to sit like in a nice chair where they're. Oh, do refueled. they really? Yeah. Oh, good for them. The, yeah, the old ones, are, they're laying down. And it, 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 it holds a, a ton more fuel, too. Yeah. How much of that is going to drones? I know I've seen um, some new refueling drones that they're using. That, is that I don't a, know. Yeah, don't know that yet. Yeah. I, I, I know that's a relatively recent development for our drone fleet. But yeah. I'm going to be real honest. If I'm the pilot that's pulling up to that service station, I want somebody there to give me full service. <laughs> right. I, yeah. You know, clean my windshield as well, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't want to, uh, nobody sitting in that plane. That it's just a drone, and some guy is sitting out there in Fort Worth or something, <laughs> right. Texas, or here, here in uh, in Arkansas, flying the drone from the United States, and you're over in Iraq or right. something. I, I don't think I'd be feeling comfortable. I, I tell people, you know, the son-in-law, whoever is uh, the guys that do the refueling, <clears throat> the refueling thirty, forty, fifty million dollar airplanes. They're twenty years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Just think about that. Yeah, yeah. they're kids. Well, I mean, my, they get a my son-in-law is not but, all right. Yeah, but he's a loadmaster. Yeah, so that's what he's doing. He's doing the C one thirty. So, anyway, Lord knows where he could be deployed from Germany to other places to take care of business. Yep, that has you, to be taken care of. You guys seem to be focused on this this morning. I'm stuck on the fact that we are three bouncy guys. All right. I'm trying to figure this out. Yeah. Well, I saw you come in with your Swiss balls. You guys, oh, are, okay. guys are working out and trying to, you know, develop those Brad Pitt abs. Uh, uh, I like the, I'm I like looking the, at the, Steve the headband goes, and wristbands that Billy and uh, yeah. Steve are wearing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I like that stuff. Okay, well, my, good to have you guys here. Got my leg here. warmers on this right. <laughs> I was for the first time since before the surgery, and I think I'm like four months since surgery at this point. I, I went to the gym yesterday. Oh, did so you? I don't know about bouncy, but I'm a little sore this morning. Yeah. I might have overdone it just a little bit yesterday. By the way, so. my wife is sore today. She told me, my arms hurt. And I said, well, you know what you did yesterday? She says, yeah, I know. She got, she got her, her booster shot uh. of uh, COVID. Mm-hmm. And then it came out just at the end of last week that it's okay to get the booster and to get your flu shot. Yeah. So she let her let them hit her in both shoulders. Oh well, and so she's not she her, her arms are hurting. Yeah, uh, now that'll so do it for you. Hopefully she'll get better. I got to go get my booster too. That's that's on my agenda for this week. And since I heard you can get both, I'll probably get my other one too. Hmm. You know, at the same time, do it at the, the just before the weekend. And then I'm taking my grandson out to Jurassic Quest uh, on Saturday. It's What's a big that? deal down at the convention center with over 100 life-size dinosaurs. Oh, wow. And I got him the ticket that lets him mm. sit on them and act oh, like he's go. riding them. He gets right. to kind of be like, he wouldn't understand what I'm talking about, but he gets to be kind of like Fred Flintstone and the brontosaurus. <laughs> right. All right, just, just so you You're know. going to get a special grandpa award for I that. I bet you sure. I do. Yeah. I bet you I do. Yeah. But no, what I'll get is a special award of, gosh, grandpa, you got this kind of money and that kind of money so I can buy all the souvenirs <laughs> that I've, I'm seeing after yeah, I've seen right. all the dinosaurs. All right, so let's get started, guys. Uh, this is one that we had from uh, uh, last week. Uh, Scott, you weren't here, and uh, Steve, you weren't here. Billy was, and I talked to him about just coming on in and joining the power panel, and he seamlessly uh, fit in because they had some questions that he could get involved with from a a spiritual point, Mm -hmm. which was really good. All right, so, dear Mr. Dave, could you ask the Bible guys to address the two following questions? And I will. Firstly, Although I have heard them speak about this Messianic service offered by Agape, I am curious as to how that works practically. Does the church worship with the Messianics, or is the church fully grasping the whole Hebrew roots thing? I know Pastor Scott has a Ph.D. in Hebraic studies, but is that being implemented in the church in a complementary way with regards to the Jewish believers and the service offered for them? I would think that we're going to have to let Scott take this on first. Go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's a couple of things in the in the uh, in the question. How does it how does it work practically? Um, well, the Messianic service um, worships on uh, Shabbat, and the uh, main church service happens on on Sunday. So, in a practical sense, um, they worship on two different days. It's similar. We've said this before. You know, my wife has a woman's um, meeting every uh, every week, and that happens on. Uh, Wednesday morning, the youth service has a Wednesday night service, and so it's another service that's offered by the church, uh, and it happens on on Saturday on Shabbat, starting at one o'clock, seven to one Napa Valley Drive, uh, and then um, as far as the rest of it goes, the rest of the question, I mean, I'm assuming that's what they meant practically. How does it work? Right. Um, yeah. So the church itself is um, is welcome to attend uh, the Messianic service if they if they wish. Um, but um, there is a Sunday service offered for uh, anyone else who would like to attend uh, that, which we do on, on Sunday morning. And uh, as far as Hebraics uh, being accepted by the church, our church is, um, is fully on board with it. We, um, I teach everything I teach, I teach from a Hebraic perspective, whether it be 
faith or righteousness or one of the feasts of the Lord or, or, um, or you know, uh, how Jesus as a Jewish rabbi taught something and how that's meant to be understood. So everything we teach is presented from a, a Hebraic perspective. I guess I think most people listening to us would realize that Jesus was not a Greek. Uh, he wasn't going around speaking Greek. He wasn't born in Athens. He wasn't raised in Corinth. Uh, he didn't have his ministry in, uh, you know, in uh, outside of, um, you know, Rome. I mean, he was not uh, a Gentile in that way. So he was a, a Jewish man born in the land of Israel. He was uh, the Jewish Messiah, worshipped uh, the God of the Hebrews. I mean, everything about him is uh, Hebraic. So we approach it from that perspective. Um, and there are times when we have a special feast day where the Messianic service will join us, like uh, when we had um, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. We had a service for that, and we were all together uh, worshiping. So we have, and then we had the Feast of Sukkot, and we had all of us together for that. So we integrate the congregations together uh, in a in a in a practical in a practical way. But I would say our church is fully buying into it. We celebrate the church celebrates Passover and and, tabern- and uh, tabernacles. It celebrates. Uh, uh, Pentecost or Shavuot, it celebrates all the the feasts. So we're um, we're fully engaged. Do you think that the time is coming when it's going to merge together? That's our that's our hope. Yeah, um, but it's one of those things though that it's got to come through a revelation. It's yeah. one of those things that you can't uh, force upon people uh, because that's actually I think how it plays out in the New Testament for the Gentile believers. That's what Acts fifteen was addressing. Yeah. And we use the terminology that uh, Gentiles are not obligated, but they have a divine invitation. Right. So until somebody has that revelation and find it, sometimes it's through a course. Sometimes uh, people will be studying on their own. Sometimes they'll hear something and they'll go, wait, what? The, the Sabbath was changed from Saturday to Sunday in 360s? And what? it's not different. We, we're, we don't have our own Sabbath and the Jews have their own. No. And all of a sudden, when they get that kind of revelation and they go, oh, well, maybe we should do what God laid out. Right. And, and so whenever it is that comes about, you know, because everybody comes to it at their own time and their own pace. And um, so that's well, why both are available. We'll put it this way. Uh, there's a time coming yeah. when Messiah returns. Right. Yeah. And whether you like will, it or not, right. everybody yeah, will right. be celebrating Sabbath and new moons and yeah. tabernacles. I mean, there is a time coming. So I, I would hope that as we move through time that we get closer and closer and closer right. together because eventually God's going to merge it all together into uh to one anyway we we've tried uh you know in without the revelation i mean you know you get leaders who have the revelation which is great but then when you try to force the people yeah into yeah. it without the revelation it just breaks apart you yeah. know when i started my church in scotland i started on sabbath um but what i found happening i kept finding after several weeks i'm like what what's i just didn't feel the people were gelling with everything and so what i found out later was that they were coming to the Sabbath service, and then they were going to another church service in some random church on Sunday that was teaching them against whatever it was I was talking about on Saturday. And the people, when I approached them, they said, well, we don't feel like we've been to church if we go on on Sabbath. So so I had to pull back, and so we said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We'll start a Sunday service and then lead people into a um, a Sabbath service because it was just – it was, wasn't working in a culture that's just not used to that. So. Yeah. And we've right. seen a bunch of that here as well. We've seen um, some really big Messianic congregations that have made the decisions to also have a Sunday service uh, right. because they're so they Hold can that reach out. Hold that thought. We'll come back and talk about it and, and get into it. I mean, look, if you can't get people to agree to a shot, how do you expect <laughs> them to agree on worship? I'm just, I'm just saying. All right. Men are men. It's just the way that people are. All right. Let's take a break. Don't forget about Pat Davis. I want to remind you 
that you'll want to talk to him about health insurance. If it's that time for you again, it's coming up that time of the year. Talk to Pat this time because if you're not doing it his way, you must not have talked to him because if you had, you would be doing it his his way. You'd be saving 30 to 50% on health insurance right now. I just talked to the guy who who does my health insurance and uh, because Pat can't because he doesn't do Medicare. But here's the key. Uh, I've sat and talked to him and asked him some questions about I've been on insulin now for a year and uh, can I get my health insurance changed to take care of insulin? He said, it's been over a year. And I said, yes. He said, yeah, I think you can. How much are you paying it now? I told him, he says, oh, yeah, we can beat that. So anyway, this is all going on. Uh, with the person that I have, you need to do it uh, if you're younger than 65 and talk to Pat Davis about how he does health insurance so that you know it's actual insurance. It's not a share plan. You can choose any provider in the nation. You're not going to have any co-pays. All the excess money that may be left over when you're dealing with your insurance uh, it goes to you. It doesn't go to the insurance company. So call Pat and talk to him about this. 501-605-6935 or online, yourhealthplanman.com. All right, let's get back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, there was a, a part two, although I cut you off kind of there, Billy. Let you finish. Yeah, Go ahead. So I, one of the things that the nature of my business and what I've done for the last 30 years is that I always have to try to predict what people are going to complain about, right? That's the nature of the business wow. that I'm in. So that that is very helpful in ministry as well. If you can start trying doing your best to predict what people are going to complain about right after you've preached. And, and one of the things that I could see after Scott's response is that people would complain, well, you're not serious about that then. And, and my response to that would be, hey, look, um, A, this is an appropriate thing. B, it, it is biblical. They met every day of yeah, the week. And see, what we see is even churches that started as Sabbath congregations and then grew fairly large, m- many of them have gone back and started a Sunday service as well, simply for the things that Scott was talking about, because people are not accustomed in this country to going to church on Saturday. And they show up on to a Sabbath church on Sunday and find that the doors are locked and think that the church is shut down. It's like, well, so we're seeing more and more of that. Um, amazingly enough, if you'll start teaching uh, on a Sunday about the things that God is doing and how the, the day is actually, you'll, you'll start seeing some people migrate. And mm-hmm. when we've seen some, we've seen some people come down um, from, from upstairs. Talk uh, about a big disconnect in communication. I had somebody contact me about the services and um, they wanted to know when the Shabbat services were. <clears throat> and uh, when I said back, well, it would be Saturday at 1 o'clock. And they went, Saturday? It's not on Sunday? I was like, you, yeah. you really don't know the question that you asked me. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> but that is that is the, uh, and I'm going to use the word appropriately, but that is the ignorance that exists. Yep. Um, we, have, we, are, we have spent so many generations being taught the word instead of studying the word. And when you rely on someone else to teach you, then what you get is their opinion mm-hmm. of what the word says. Um, it, it is vitally important that you crack that book open and read it for yourself. Uh, I've seen so many in doing home visitations over the years. I've seen so many people who have got really nice bookshelves and they've got half a dozen copies of, of the word up there and you go look and the spines on none of them have been broken at all. It's yeah. like, um, 
Are you spending any time? Um, it's it's beautiful. It's a great collection. Have you spent any time reading any right. of that? Yeah. So. You know, I was watching one one, um, one of the things that we did uh, that my wife and I do uh, a lot is if we're going to watch uh, television, we we just watch like a you know online, and we'll watch. Um, we have a whole bunch of DVD sets, but they're all the stuff from the fifties and sixties, basically. But uh, uh, watching the Andy Griffith show. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, there's a there's one particular episode where they're at, and they go to church a lot in Andy Griffith's show. Mm-hmm. And there's one episode what they did in America. Yeah, <laughs> there's one episode when uh, when Barney is uh, leaving the uh, the church and the pastor's up by the door and he waves at the pastor and he says, "Good Sabbath, pastor." Yeah, they're at church on Sunday, but this idea that mm-hmm. Sunday is now the Christian Sabbath, and so they're yep. actually even using the terminology. That's probably where that person with the yep. you know, the, the call came into uh, into you. So. Um, uh, we're 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 working it out, but you know you have to you have to get it by revelation before you're going to do it practically with any meaning. And yep. so we're still working on that. Uh, somebody once said that all revelation is is a seed planted, watered that finally blooms. Mm. And so Ooh, I like that. And so we're we're planting the seed, we're watering the seed, and we're waiting for it to come into the to a full bloom, which is the revelation. And ready for the increase. Yep. Amen. Amen. And who gives the increase? God gives oh, the Lord God. gives it. Yeah. All right. Second part of the question, and I like this. Could the social fallout we're seeing in the U.S. be a sign of the end of days, or is it merely a distraction? What I mean is, should we be dispassionate about issues in the U.S. and just focus on Israel? I heard a pastor say that Israel is God's timepiece, and we should look there to work out end-time events because everything is written from God's view of Israel. Thanks, guys. Time will tell which one it is. <clears throat> I talked a little bit about time and where we're at because there's such misinformation about prophetic events because we don't study anything from a Hebraic perspective and we we put our, our Western understanding on prophecy. Um, I, my personal belief is that we are watching a collapse of America. Yep. Uh, and I don't think that we come out of this uh, without a massive massive of biblical proportions revival both spiritual and patriotic well uh, one way or the other it, it, there'll either be a huge revival or america as we know it will cease to exist yeah it will be simply the fact that we have a, whether anybody agrees or disagrees about um, vaccines mandates are so unconstitutional it's not even funny and the yeah. fact that we just are going around accepting that the destruction of this nation uh, and the debt and the immorality, the fact that we have people who have serious conversations about chopping off body parts of children, you know, because they want to make their deci- decision to be a little boy or a girl, unregulated um, abortion to the ninth month, and just the the level of all the immorality on it. There's just no way. Even if you didn't believe in God, there's the division and disunity you're not, and the level of debt that we have in this nation, we don't survive it. We really don't. What it looks like when we when it does collapse, who knows? Now, I personally believe it'd be scary. I'll tell you that yeah. it will be because this thirty seconds. This nation is not prepared for it. I happen to believe that it all is coming together because of Israel's rebirth within in that generation. That it's laying the perfect groundwork for how I see things prophetically. So I, I think we're moving in that direction. All right, we'll talk more about that as we uh, go along here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, we got to take a break, and after we come back from the break, then we'll pick up with uh, anything else that folks want to say about this and uh, other things. 
All right, 735. Welcome back to the Dave Ellswick Show. The Bible guys are here. Uh, I've gotten done with my vacation, so I'll, I'll quit throwing a monkey's you know, <laughs> wrench in the, in the work, a monkey's wrench in the work. Uh, and we can get back to every Tuesday having these guys in here answering your questions. Uh, and we've already dealt with some important ones. And that whole thing where the person was asking, well, do we look at what's happening from our side of of uh, what's the eschatology of the United States versus what's the eschatology of, uh, you know, Israel? Israel is God's people. Mm-hmm. Right. We're, I'm, I'm just telling you right now, we're grafted into the vine, but we're still not Jews. Yeah, right, right. It's something for you to understand. And what's going on in uh, in Judaism is much more important than what's happening with John MacArthur. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. When 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 the Scripture speaks uh, prophetically, you'll notice that there every read read the prophets. It's all about what's happening with with Jerusalem, what's happening with uh, the leadership, what's happening in in the different parts of the land. So pr- prophetically speaking. Um, Israel is God's timepiece. He sets um, world events based on what's happening in the He started the that Israel. from the beginning. Absolutely. Now, there is there is fallout in other nations, and we kind of go along in, in that uh, prophetic timeline, like Pastor Steve was saying. But but Israel is the uh, it's the epicenter of God's attention. He, the Bible says it's the apple of his eye. It's this thing he is centered uh, on. So, yeah, if you're going to – if you're wanting to see what's – where we're at in uh, in biblical prophecy, then you you look to Israel and see what's happening with there and how mm-hmm. they line up with uh, with uh, with biblical prophecy because that is that is where God's attention is at. Most Christians believe now the church is God's focus and now we're the epicenter. Now we're the apple of His eye, and and so they shift it and they so they say then so what happens in the American church is now the timepiece. Look, America is four point seven percent of the world's population. Are you kidding me? Right. If if God's now focusing on the church, He's not focusing on America because we're only not we're not even five percent of the population. Yeah, but most Christian folks here in uh, the United States are only looking at the Christians in the United sure States. They, are, right? Right. they don't right. even understand that the the people that are over in the Middle East that have been here for tens of thousands of years and are believers. Yeah, right. No, you know, since Christ came, uh, the bottom line is that. Uh, we're not, I mean, I'm not saying we're not God's chosen. I think that he chose us for the time that we're in. Yeah. But, but you know, we're it, not the, the end of all to be all. Well, that's it. I think Americans think that they're really broad-minded people. And they're not. Yeah. They're very narrow-minded people because they think that we invented everything there is to invent. We've done everything that there is to be done. We are the end and the, the like you said, the end all be all. And we're absolutely not. I mean, I was... I lived in the UK for over a decade, and guess what? You can go to Alexander Graham Bell's house in Edinburgh and see where he was born and raised. Yeah. That means we did not invent the telephone. Right. Hello, people. You're, I'm driving downtown London, and all of a sudden, what do I see in downtown London? The U.S. Capitol building. We just copied St. Paul's Cathedral and stuck it in Washington, D.C. Yeah. I watched my boys play cricket, which is, guess what? Abner Doubleday took it. And made baseball. We didn't cre- invent baseball. Yeah, and I played well, cricket. Yeah. Stupid game, but that's all right. <laughs> my, 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 uh, my, my youngest son, guess what? I go, wa- I go and I watch him play rugby. 
where it is there's an upright that looks like our upright. They kick it through it. They went to instead of the line of scrimmage, they went to the scrummage. It's the same. It's yeah. actually football, but tougher. There are no pads. Right. Everything we have is because other countries gave it to us. But we think we did it all. We uh, bit, we are narrow minded people. We're not broad. So everything now is prophecy. It's all it's all us centered. No, it's it's Israel centered. We we just made it better. We just <laughs> made it better. We took French fries Capitalize and put it. Velveeta cheese on it. There That's what we right. did. Yeah, we right. took French fries and put ketchup instead of mayo on it. <laughs> we uh, it we forget that this is a nation of immigrants. That we have. Yeah, um, we forgot and, that. And, and not only did we not only did we import people, but we imported the ideas that came with those people. That's right. So, yes, we've done a lot in the world. There's no doubt about it. But, uh, except for a very select few whom we tried to kill a bunch of, the vast majority of us didn't start here, right? Yeah. We came from some other place. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but, but we also cannot deny over the last 100 years, or you could say 200 years, we have done a lot of good along sure. with a lot of bad, and God had his hand on us, but it was because of the gospel. Yeah. I forget the man who made the quote. I think it was a Frenchman that came. He said, the reason that America is good is because its pulpits are good, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Alex lost de that. Tocqueville. De, de Tocqueville. Yeah. yeah. And so it was. Yeah, easy so, for you to say. So if you if you, ha- if you if you hate if you hate going to Washington D.C. because it's laid out like spokes on a wheel, blame it on him, because he's the one who came up with that dumb idea. <laughs> All right. With that in mind, I want to ask the Bible guys to address the question of the sovereignty of God. Do they believe in sovereignty, and if so, how do they see that applied in real time? I mean. Do they accept that everything that happens is approved by the hand of God or what? Hmm. Interestingly, I I just preached on the will of God um, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Um, And when you start talking about the will of God, you have to understand that there are different ways to express the will of God. There is a sovereign will of God and nothing that man does can change that sovereign will. The The word says that he separated the, the end from the beginning. And there's nothing you can do to prevent God from doing what he's going to do. But he also has a will of God for man that is permissive. And that is, um, for instance, the, the scriptures say it is the will of God that none should be lost. But we know for a fact that there are those who will be lost. Um, scripture goes on to say that it will be a remnant that is saved. So how can we have a will of God that gets violated? Well, that is a that is an express desire of God, but because he gave us free will, we have the right to disobey. Not what God desires, but we do have that right. So in the in the human realm as it affects our individual lives, we absolutely have the right to violate the will of God. That is not righteousness. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that because he gave us the right to do that is the correct thing to do. But when it comes to the big picture, when it comes to what he has declared, nothing you can do, nothing that any man or any power or any authority can do can stop what God wants done. Yeah. It sounds like a, a part of the question might be into predestination where where he's... Um, I was just going to say, this sounds like the whole argument on Calvinism. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, is is God sovereign? Yes. Um can God do what he wants to do? He certainly has the power to do whatever he wants to do. But I think in God's sovereignty, he has put limits on what is going to happen. He gave it to us in his word. For example, you know, he said, um, 
you know, he tells us, okay, this is, um, if you do X, Y, and Z, then this is what I will do. So he's basically told us, um, you know, if you will do this, then I will do this. So he's basically kind of, uh, put his, his sovereignty within bounds. Like he says, I will never, um, flood the earth again. Right. That is my go-to example when people go, well, God doesn't have any limits. So you're right. He can do anything, but he is self-limited. And if you don't believe that. Go look at the flood. Does he have the power? Yes, because he's already done it once. Will he ever do it again? No, because he said he wouldn't. Right. And so in, in his sovereignty, he set limits on certain actions. So we then as a people can say, although I can't predict everything God will do, I have security in knowing God will never do X, Y, and Z right. again right. because in his sovereignty, he limited himself in that sense where he said, I won't do this anymore. I can, but I won't. So you have you have a security in knowing how I'm going to react. If you sow, guess what? You're going to reap. So you have security in knowing how God's going to work with you. God could say, you can sow all you want. I'm giving you nothing. Right, but he, right. But he doesn't. He says, this is what you can expect. So I think in his sovereignty, he has put limits on himself. Limits is a bad word. But I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying? In his sovereignty, he's given us boundaries of how life is going to work. We call them basically, you know, divine law. This is what's going to happen if you do this, that, and the other. So, all right. um, yeah. Let's uh, come back. Okay. And take another question so we get well, everybody. I might have a thing or two to say about that. <laughs> oh, you still have something you want to say? Well, I, since you were going to break, right, right. Let's take break. Somebody has to bring the wrong opinion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's come back and we'll hear what Steve has to say about this. And then I, somebody asked a very good question for this uh, week, and that is how upset they are at the division and strife that's been seen in the church lately due to the vaccine mandate. Right. We'll come up on that when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about East End Towing. What they're trying to do for you is to give you a place that you can call and you know exactly what's going to happen, like they're going to solve your problem because, you know, no matter the situation, East End Towing uh, can handle it, and uh, they got all the answers for you. All you got to do is call them. Try uh, 501-888-8849. Put that number in your phone. That's 501-888-8849, and they will make sure, whether it's replacing a flat, getting keys out of your car, or towing your car somewhere, that you're going to know that what gets done will be for your best benefit. That's East End Towing, 501-888-8849. All right. Let's let uh, Steve jump in. He has something he wanted to add on uh, to the whole thing about predestination and, and sovereignty, and, and, sovereignty and, and all the rest. So it's up to you, Brother Steve. It depends on what way you're looking at sovereignty. So if it's between a situation that you're praying about and there's two or three or four different outcomes, and maybe you want one of them to be the outcome, and I think if there's no external influences that can make that change then if you've prayed about it and laid it before the lord then i would call things like that the sovereign will of god but there are certain things that are obviously not there are dozens of passages in the bible where god said choose so i think that ends the debate on whether or not um, calvinism or meninism is true right because god said choose if god didn't mean choose then god's a liar and he don't lie so he said to choose now, if if you take it to the place where you're a Calvinist, to the, or you take it to that full level, then you would go, oh, so then the rapist was the will of God. Right. So God must have willed that. No, the person made a choice. 
And how I how I view how God handles situation is he is me playing against the most brilliant chess player in the world. I will never beat the most, even though I know how to play chess, I could never beat him because he knows and can anticipate my every move because he's brilliant. God's the same way. That he moves the pieces because you, he, you're you never going to undo his will on a grander scheme because he'll go, oh, you, yeah, you chose. I was ready for that choice. Oh, you chose that one too. Guess what? I was ready for that one too. And that's how I view that when his will is to be done in a certain situation, he's going to let you choose, but there might be a roadblock or another situation where ultimately it will be done. But then I also put certain categories like um, Jesus and Moses. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a choice. Right? Yep. There were certain things that were going to be the will of Jonah, God, right? Yep. That it could not be changed because he he said it in such a way that the the how he revealed himself could make it undeniable, and in the circumstances he put him in, they couldn't make any other choice. Yeah. Right. So it's just it's a really complex debate and discussion. But we obviously believe in the sovereign will of God, but we also believe in free will. All right, let's move on. I'm so shocked at the division and strife that I've seen in churches lately due to the vaccine mandate. Have you guys seen this in your churches as well? I feel so upset that there's so much division all around us. What can we do? How should we live in this time of upheaval? Do we confront people, pray, or just let sleeping dogs lie? Uh, this is a much more broader question than just about uh, something dealing with a shot or a, a virus. This is, do you know how many ty- types of Christianity there is in our world right <laughs> yeah. now? I mean, seriously, yeah. you, you're basically answering your your own question. Yeah. Of course, we're upset about it. But man is man. I just, sometimes I think people just don't, understand that yeah scott i bet you've had zero conversations about covid and the response within the church right there's not, not a single one right there are, there are no problems here <laughs> uh, uh, <clears throat> no, uh yeah so um to the to the point um actually i think that um i think that, yeah and i have had uh issues when you know first of all it was the mask <clears throat> are you gonna wear a mask you're not gonna wear a mask then it mm-hmm. went to um the whole thing about the uh about the vaccines, you know, I have medical people in my congregation who, who speak to me and, and tell me certain things. And then I have other people that are, uh, more on the, um, uh, thinking more along the patriotic uh, line. I think probably the thing I dealt with more regarding the division was the, um, uh, the election, um, mm. with the old, um, Q and on thing that was floating around. And, um, uh, but I think, you know, right now I, I have to admit, <clears throat> I haven't lived as long as some, but I've never seen division this <clears throat> varied and widespread. Right, right. Um, you know, whether we are divided over, you know, who won the election, who didn't win the election, over um, the uh, race issues, the, yeah, all vaccine that. issues. It, yeah. You know, it started back when now now you have the whole gender thing and the transgender thing and the fifty genders or the hundred genders. And back a couple of years ago, it was the one percenters against everybody else. But here, here's where it boils down. This is why it's so important. Um, Jesus said, every kingdom divided against itself will not stand. And if his words are true, which they are, then then we fall. That's right. Um, and uh, as a nation, we fall because we're more divided now than we than we ever than we ever have been. I mean, I think that when you know China is building their military, we are 
tearing ours down by division, by strife. I think the day that this whole uh, cobble, no, was it cobble where, where the, the whole, when, we were, when they were pulling the troops out, yeah. I think the day before that happened, the embassy over there was um, posting about transgenderism and all this. So we're, we're so off pace with what's happening because we're so involved with dividing the people. Uh, now you have the CRT thing that's in, involved now, the critical race theory. If you just trace it back, it used to be called the Frankfurt theory or the Frankfurt school, which originated during Nazi Germany. And they weren't people who were in favor of Hitler. It was the Communist Party trying to find ways to divide the people and then conquer the people. That's right. So so division now is everywhere in our country in almost every spectrum. Jesus said, if you're divided, you're going to fall. And here's where we can't fall. Even though the nation might fall, the church still has to hold together. Yeah. We've got to be that place of Goshen in the midst of a nation that's finding itself in under judgment. And I think we can be that, but it's going to require bold leaders who are going to rip the uh, the scab off of this thing, as it were, and and, and let it be exposed to the to real error, saying, this is where you guys are at, this is where it's wrong, here's what the Bible says. Okay, so how difficult is that going to be even for real Christ followers? I mean, we're supposed to be the agents of peace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How difficult is that? That varies from person to, uh, to person. Well, <laughs> oh, here it goes. <laughs> There's Steve. two things. Uh, there are two things that Jesus said that the world would know that you are my disciple. The mm-hmm. first was love, mm-hmm. and then the other was unity. And he, his prayer in John 17 was, Father, I pray that they be one, that the world will know that you have sent me. Right. All right. So the enemy knows how to get the world not to believe because we are not one. Mm-hmm. And we have to give people grace. There's a novel thought that whether they choose to get the vaccine or not, that they have prayerfully and uh, statistically and whatever it is that they looked at and said, well, I just don't feel that's for me or I feel that that is for me that you let them make that choice and you don't judge them over it or Shabbat or Sunday or any number of other things that people are doing. We need to pull back from this judge, not lest you be judge mentality and realize that many of us in the church are falling into the enemy's trap and fighting over things that we don't need to be fighting about. He sits back and laughs. And because we're just arguing over one another while the world is coming around us. Yeah, you know, we're playing kind of like uh, Nero when Rome was burning, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, just playing the fiddle. Yeah, yeah. and we got to we got to have some discernment to 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 determine, you know, what is important and what isn't important. I'm doing a message on unity this weekend, um, <clears throat> and how it's it's natural and spiritual natural version is going to be from Babylon and how unity can be a bad thing Mm -hmm. if it's against God. But then if the body of Messiah, and here's the analogy I use to get people to think about what we do in the church is a pride of lions, nine, 10, 12, whatever it is, chases thousands of wildebeest. And if they all stopped at one time and turned around and ran at the lions, they would stomp them all to death. Instead, we let one get picked off and go, well, sucks to be you, Frank. And we just let them get eaten. Right. And if we ever, and the enemy knows this, that if we ever became unified, we could stop all the enemy's plans. So he's going to fight and try and destroy unity at all cost. So I guess I, I'll ask this question and just say we'll pursue it next week. All right. And there has become now a, an amazing push 
by the left about abortion. Mm -hmm. It seems to me that it's going to be holding the church that the people that are standing behind the pulpit are going to have to deal with this. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to say what's right and what's wrong, you know, biblically. So next week, I'd like to talk to you about that because the Democrats have now shown their holy sacrament is abortion. That's right. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. And uh, I don't think pastors are wrong to say, you know, you just don't vote that way when you know that they believe that way. And so we, I, I want to talk about that next week. Great. Of course, I'm a political animal, so what can I say? <laughs> All right. Guys, thanks for being here. Yes, Scott, thanks, I'm Dave. glad to see you and, and Steve and, and, of course, Billy. I'm, I'm so glad to, to be able to call you guys friends. Same here, Dave. Same here. All right, a break, and then I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, early tomorrow, of course, we'll have uh, uh, Congressman Hill, Congressman uh, Westerman on. And what the heck is going on in D.C.? We'll talk about it on the next Dave Ellswick Show. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.